Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to episode 106 of the CZS Show. It's your boy, Sir Cezus, and I'm excited to give you guys, to deliver to you guys, another fun-filled episode with my co-host, Trey Day XXIV. But before we get into today's hottest topics, obviously, I have to rehash, recount, recap the last episode, which was episode 105, where my co-host and I, Trey Day XXIV, discussed major, major breakdowns for NBA trade deadline as well too. So I hope you guys enjoy that episode. Continue to support, continue to show love, subscribe, rate, comment, share um, on all platforms. The Caesar Show at Sir Caesars at Trade Day XXIV really, really means a lot. But without further ado, I know you guys are ready to get into the nitty gritty. Let's get to it. So without further ado, I'm going to introduce Trade Day XXIV. What it do, baby? Let's get it. What's up, everybody? It's Trey Day. Uh, Day. Yeah, you know what's going on, man. Hope everybody's doing all right. Everybody's holding everybody close. It is hot outside, but we got hotter topics, so don't lose your mind. All right. What's good with you, sir? Caesars? I'm doing good, man. I'm doing great. Hope everyone had a great Easter. I was literally just chilling and, you know, just getting some some side stuff done, you know. Cleaned up a little bit, got some groceries, uh, so no complaints over here, man. How you been, man? How are you feeling on, um, you know, you know, scale one through ten, um, as far as like, you know, your mental state goes and and your spiritual state goes as well too, because we don't really take enough time to, you know, just just break down, you know, how we how how each other are feeling. <laughs> I mean, I'm I'm pretty solid, man. Uh, like uh, I told you earlier, uh, off mic. Uh, Really just setting a place, man, setting a place for growth. That's that's really all that it is. Um and uh making sure I'm treating uh I'm treating my future self with the respect that he deserves because I won't be here forever. So um the evolution uh will be televised, it will be live and all that other stuff too. So, you know, just trying to set the place for, you know, when I get to that point and, and I'm striving in a higher frequency, um, that I can still operate with that and not have to deal with some of the stuff that inhabits that uh that i may inhabit now so always looking forward to the next thing uh trying to be ever present in the moment but taking those steps to grow um in all the realms whether it be financially whether it be physically um spiritually and everything like that but scale one to ten i've, I've been operating on the side of like 8.59 you know what i'm saying um god is perfect you know what i'm saying so we keep it like that <laughs> what's good with you how how, how was yours uh good man like we said up here as well too um just past like two weeks i've just been in a weird funk um as far as like just not feeling as motivated uh just creative hurdles and you know just taking on the weight of other people's problems and you know just you know little minuscule things that you know you know we, we just kind of come across um as well too in our everyday lives as well too on top of you know the nine to five as well too so all that was just kind of like balled up into one. Um, and I kind of really never gave myself time to actually, you know, give myself a look in the mirror, give myself a pep talk or reach out to, you know, people that I trust the most and kind of just unwind itself. I kind of let everything stockpile. So um, I was able to basically, you know, get through that this weekend. Um, and, you know, I feel better. I feel, I feel like I'm in a much, much, much better place as well too, much better space as well too. So, um, spirituality about an eight um mental fitness about about seven and a half nothing's ever perfect for certain but we can always make strides to um you know try to get there as well too you know life is just all about adapting um so if you can adapt to you know various times then you should you know put yourself in a good position to you know do well in the long run and i like and i like your your take on basically you know, doing all these things to set yourself up for your future self. That that's that's pretty dope as well. Too. Kind of look at it as like, yo, I'm in a relationship with myself. You know, you put in what you want. So if you if you're gonna put in, you know, everything that are within the confines of a relationship, then you should always, you know, try to better yourself. So that's how I kind of look at it as well too. Also been reading some books as well, like I told you before. Uh, Deepak Chopra, The Seven Spiritual Laws of Success. Read the first couple chapters, um, one on pure potentiality with thyself and then the law of giving. And then I, you know, read another book for like some comedic relief, but still gives you life lessons called God Level Knowledge Darts uh, by Jesus and Mero too, which you guys should check out as well. Um, but without further ado, are you ready to get into today's hottest topics? Let's do it. Let's do it. 
All right, man. So this is not even pertaining to the National Basketball Association, but it seems like whenever there's a problem um, by an athlete, it becomes a problem of the NBA as well, too. And, you know, every now and then we like to get a little drama in this and whatnot as well, too. So I'm sure everyone has taken notice of the, I guess you can say a dispute, I guess you can say a, some, a sort of beef with Michael Rappaport and Kevin Durant. Um, so basically, to make a long story short, I'm not really going to get into what Kevin Durant said because I don't know exactly, you know, who's going to be listening to this. Um, but to make a long story short, Katie said some pretty uh, wild stuff towards Michael Rappaport. And obviously, if you guys know Michael Rappaport, um, he's probably been in the business for about 30, in the entertainment business for about 30 years, uh, being an actor and more so from, you know, the comedic side of things as well, too. And if you follow him, which I don't, but I kind of see him every now and then on the timeline or through the way algorithms are set up or whatnot, or sometimes he's on um, Undisputed. He's kind of known for being a troll um, and kind of, you know, just shit talking people essentially the whole time. So Katie kind of took it upon himself. Uh, we know how Katie can be with his Twitter fingers and basically just went out to do um, as well, too. So I'll try not to say anything too jarring. Um, but I mean, I guess I can say a little bit, too. He called him a B yeah. word, and then he came back and said, um, what do you say? Uh, basically, he called him a cunt. Um, I'm just reading the whole thing. I heard it all before you cunt. Chuck doesn't need you as a security, you pale, pasty, cum, guzzling B word. I swear I'm going to spit in your face when I see your dirty ass. Bet your life on it. Meet me on West 17th tomorrow at 10, or better yet, what's your address? 10 a.m., catch steak on the corner. Meet me there, you pee. Um, and then he later went on to say some things, um, you know, towards his wife. He said, uh, pussy ass want to lawyer up. Your wife mad as hell. Wasting that little bit of money on a lawyer's because you can't take a joke. I pussy are you. Your wife doesn't even respect your ass as well, too. So they were kind of going back and forth on the Twitter DMs as well, too. And I guess Michael Rappaport, from his point of view, um, is one thing to troll, but it's one thing to get in a way disrespected and then i feel like whenever you get your your wife involved or or you know someone you created like a kid or whatnot then you know everything kind of goes out the door so you proceeded to take a screenshot and basically he related over social media everyone saw it um katie caught some heat as well too um online twitter social media just went crazy as well too had it on numerous segments as well um obviously still nursing an injury as well too so he basically came out with a little quote um, when they interviewed him, he said, I'm sorry that people seen that language I use. It's not really what I want people to see and hear from me, but hopefully I can move past it and get back out on the floor. Um, and then he basically said, uh, yeah, that, that's basically all he said as well too. So he got signed, he got fined $50,000 as well too, but people were kind of, or these analysts rather were kind of just saying like, what should be the severity of his issue? And then some people are trying to compare, um, him to Donald Sterling. So obviously Donald Sterling was something that's completely different. Um, we already know about that with him and his mistress, but in the sense of he's kind of behind closed doors saying these things and him kind of getting surveilled and kind of, it, you know, being released to the public. So people are just kind of trying to figure out exactly what the severity of his punishment should be. Um, but I think given how much money he makes, I think 50K is good. Um, I don't think it really warrants a suspension as well, too. Um, and it's just one of those things where it's like, sometimes you can't really let social media or anyone from social media kind of, you know, get you to that level where you need to, you, you feel like you need to re respond in that type of manner. Um, for me, I would probably just block it or kind of just take the high road as well, too. But I get it. You know, some people, when they feel attacked, they want to attack back as well, too. Now, should Michael Rappaport have released that? I don't think so. I think it's some court. I think it's like a bro code, right? Like if you if you're communicating with someone via DM, I think that should be private. That's the whole point of a direct message because it's just between you and the person you're messaging. So I think he kind of was kind of a punk in that aspect as well too. And I think, like I said, he kind of got a little scared when Katie kind of you know in a way threatened him as well too. Now I don't think. You know, Katie should have said those things he said, uh, whether it be racial um, or a slur towards the LBG, LGBTQ community as well, too. I think that was wrong. But I just I just think it's one of those things where it's something where you 
you kind of sit down, look at yourself in the mirror, and you kind of move forward from it as well, too. Um, but I definitely hope moving forward, KD doesn't get on this level as well, too, because if you've done this, who's to say you haven't, you know, DM other people, other things as well, too, but it's just never, you know, been brought into the limelight as well, too. But uh, what are your thoughts on, you know, this little beef as well, too, with Michael Rappaport right to, you know, quote unquote, snitch? Um, and was KD in the wrong as well? What, what, what's your spill on everything? I think this is stupid. <laughs> but, hey, this is stupid. I don't, I didn't see, I, I got tweeted. I was like, man, I don't, well, I think I tweeted or I, and I didn't tweet. I was like, man, I don't know what's going on with KD, but like, I don't care. <laughs> like, there's too much stuff going on to like care about what's going on with KD or Michael Rappaport. Uh, both who, I mean, I don't think KD's a troll, but you you occupy that same ecosystem when you have multiple accounts and stuff like that. And this is no offense to either one of them. Um, I just think it's not any, I mean, but who's to say, how are grown, how are grown men supposed to act on the internet? I don't know. I just don't think the internet is real. Like I still come from that cloth. Like I just, you know what I'm saying? Like, I think it's a, I think it can be weaponized, it can be used, it can be good, so on and so forth. There's a duality to it, but at the same time, there's also the fact where like, don't none of this stuff, matter i mean when it comes to awareness yes you know it's, it's dope whatever like that when it comes to mobilization cool when it comes to the detriments of certain sectors and groups and uh you know then that gets nasty when you're talking about hate and whatever like that but this is like you know this is like lukewarm water you know what i'm saying this is like it's 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 nasty boy because <laughs> you know you guys are two grown men going back and forth which apparently they were like cool before they were like doing like different maybe like some commercials or interviews or yeah, something I think like they did that like a skit together kind of like on jimmy kimmel when celebrities read mean tweets i guess they read mean read mean dms i think it was on like katie's page because michael rapaport came on undisputed actually and basically tried to tell his side of the story so he kind of trolled in the beginning and was trying to say um yeah when i went to the coffee shop you know people looking at me sideways i went to walk my dog in the dog park people were you know kind of trying to avoid me or saying like you were snitching whatnot he never thought that it would get this far but the basically the tipping point for him was when he got his wife involved and he kind of felt like he was threatened so he got scared essentially and, and and put it out into the universe and um he said if you can go back in time obviously you change some things and he said it's a learning moment blah 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 blah. i'm like yo all this could have been avoided if you just you know handled it between the two or like i said take the high road like most people do or 99 percent of people do so yeah, I it doesn't seem real, honestly. But I mean, like, what are you, you scared? Somebody throwing you over the internet? You know, somebody throwing you over the internet that's not the government or a known game banger? Like, who cares, bro? Like, this is nasty. Why, well, then why do you even jump into his DMs? You know, why you can jump into his DMs for a reaction just to post it? And I'm not condemning Michael Rappaport more than I'm condemning KD because KD has, he shows this type of behavior, you know, very often when he's like popping off with other people on Twitter and stuff, certain stuff like that. But yo, it has to be a code of conduct here. Like you are a grown man, bro. And there's like, yo, look what Katie said to me, whatever like that. On top of he's walking his dog. What I don't know where Michael Rappaport lives, whether it be LA or New York or whatever like that. But are you kidding me? Like, are you okay? Like you got better stuff to do. I thought he was a pretty funny comedian. Like I thought he was all right, decent, but you start doing like this, it's like, started, it looks like you washed up. KD clearly ain't got nothing but time. He's chilling, you know what I'm saying? Maybe making a return sometime soon, rehabbing, playing basketball for a living, bro. Like, get out his DM, shut up. And I think he was, like, responding to an interview he was doing. But Michael Rappaport came in hot, too. He was like, yo, go feed, go help the kids in Brooklyn or something like that. It's like, bro, shut up. Like, both of y'all shut up. It's like. I don't know. I have too much restraint to be going back and forth with somebody over the internet. I I was thinking because I like I like to quote people's tweets on Twitter and stuff like that. So and I like to like get into like you know I like to play and troll about like the uh, relationship like little lines like the girls be like uh, there's a there's a thing going around. It's like um, hey ladies, tell him that you're going to play pickup ball with your girls and that your phone died this summer <laughs> and. I was about to say to this shoddy, I was like, fellas, if she says that, go ahead and tell her that, hey, this summer I'm finding myself and then keep it going. 
<laughs> so I was just, but I was like, I'm not going to post it, whatever like that. Cause I don't, you don't know how other people are going to react. Cause I know I'm joking. I know full well I'm joking. My friends probably know full well I'm joking, whatever like that. But some people, that's all they, they have time to do that. They pop right back up. I'm like not posting to get a reaction. I'm like more posting to just interact with you, interact with my timeline and bouncing off what you said, not really even saying nothing to you. I just saw it cause you popped up on my TL, you know, but this is beyond that. This is like, there has to be a code of conduct. And if there's not, then be be very cautious. And something I think Katie should already be, he should have a team in place for that. But clearly nobody can take his phones away from him. But so however you want to do it, bro. I ain't got I ain't got enough money I to talk to and tell Katie what he needs to do. And I'm not funny enough to tell Michael Rapp what he wants to do. But they both need to, you know, figure out what they are doing before they keep getting fined or keep getting looked at like a sucker because you posting y'all don't grow in conversation on the internet. So that's my spill. Yeah, honestly. And and the thing about it is like once Katie, like you said, like you alluded to a little earlier, once he suits up, no one's gonna this is gonna be an afterthought. Like no one's gonna talk about this for when he starts to play and string along a couple games as well too. But like you said, he got a lot of time on his hands and you know, you start to notice patterns between, or, you know, you start to notice patterns about people as well, too. He's one of those guys where if you say something and he got time on his hands, he's going to say something back. So like you said, he should have a team in place to kind of, you know, filter all that out as well, too. But at the end of the day, it's just like, like, what is the actual point? Because Michael Rappaport also said today, he's like, yo, we're not friends. So like, I just don't understand. Um, just the dynamic between the two, but like you said, that's it's kind of yesterday's yesterday's paper, right? It's, it's old news, so yeah. you know, hopefully, uh, Katie learned from that, and then people in general as well too. Like, be careful what you tweet because people will find your tweets from the past, and just be careful who you message as well too. Not everybody your friends, so some people have some spite in them. They can hold on to some things and hold on to some grudges from from years in the past and kind of bring those up to kind of tarnish you. So just be careful of how you move online as well, too. Nothing's nothing's ever, quote unquote, you know, removed from the Internet. So just be careful with that as well, too. Um, moving on to that, a little bit more drama, but kind of a little bit more lighter, a little bit funnier as well, too. Uh, so Paul Pierce was on IG Live this weekend. And boy, oh, boy. I wish I was in that IG Live right there. He had about 300 plus people on IG Live, his old ass. Um, he was drunk and he was in a room full of strippers, um, you know, and he was just having a good time. You know what I'm saying? He was getting a massage. He was watching some girls twerk. Um, and, uh, you know, he, he was just, you know, having a good time. So a lot of people kind of poke fun at it um, as well, too. And they're like, oh, okay. Paul Pierce kind of solidified he is. Uh, better than D-Wade or Paul Pierce is the GOAT, this and this and that. So I had a laugh out of it as well, too. I don't think there's nothing wrong with it, but sometimes I know how um, the corporate world within the realm he is allocated to can be sometimes. So I was, like I said, I thought it was all fun and jokes, like people, you know, chiming in NBA Twitter, chiming on and whatnot as well, too. Um, so I was like, damn, you know he works on the jump and his co-host is the, the was the, was the redhead lady named Rachel Nichols well too and she be she can be a little petty sometimes well too so i was like yo is he gonna do something where he gets fine and this and this and that and then obviously like apparently he's married and stuff like that so like what's gonna happen on with that so that was pretty funny i don't think nothing nothing should come about it if anything you should probably if you're doing something maybe make it publicized so you know you're not gonna get in trouble if you you know if you dm in the shorty or whatever x y and z uh for proof but uh, what are your thoughts on uh, old man Paul Pierce trying to, you know, have a little bit of fun? I think he was on some stuff because and he may he may have forgot to hit the hit the close friend joint for real, for real, because he got he definitely got caught slipping. But what are your thoughts on all that? I mean, hey, retired NBA player. I'm sure he did that a thousand times. I mean, was it postable? No. Again, this is back to the digital age, you know, question. Uh, but I'm never going to have a problem with strippers. Cause I think strippers are amazing. You know what I'm saying? I've never, I'm not, I have been to the strip club. I'm lying. Uh, <laughs> I've been to KOD in uh, Miami when they were open. If they're still open, I don't know. But it was a cool experience. You know what I'm saying? It was I. Um, and I just, you know, I respect the line of work. I think everything they do, um, they're they're an ecosystem. Uh, they're relied upon. They're necessary to keep the balance of things going. Um, and, and 
you know, I think I think there should be more strippers, honestly. I mean, I think people should try stripping more often. I'm seeing a lot of stripper polls um, from my regular followers on uh, Instagram as well. And I commend that too, because people are getting better and better. So shout out to my regular followers too. I see you guys, I see y'all stripping. And the, you know what I'm saying? Y'all doing all right with that. So shout out to y'all. But um, yeah, strippers are amazing. Paul Pierce was just like the secondary in this, you know, he he kind of facilitated the strippers, but strippers are um, dope and there should be more strippers and we should thank strippers anytime we get a chance to thank strippers. Yeah. I respect that. And I agree with you as well too. Do what you gotta do as long as it make you happy. That's all that matters. Um, uh-huh. Moving on from that as well too. So, <clears throat> You know, obviously everyone knows Russell Westbrook's on the Washington Wizards and um, they're not playing the best right now. But uh, I think last week he had like a 30 point um, triple double. And I think he also had about like 20 assists or something like that as well, too. So he made some history. And um, on first take, Stephen A. Smith just kind of went flat out like ballistic on him. Um, And he basically said Westbrook numbers last night mean absolutely nothing to me because even though that's great numbers, that's what Westbrook can do. We all know this. He's a former league MVP. He's the most athletic point guard we've ever seen in the NBA. And I'm at a point in time in his career where it's like, it ain't about that no more. It's about whether or not you can get to another level to win a championship. Um, and obviously, Nina Westbrook, Westbrook's wife, kind of fired back as well, too. She's like, you know nothing about him. Um, Westbrook's basically the happiest he's ever been. Um, you know, and she also said, if you did, you know what he is. Um, way he's way more than a champion he's a champion of life a champion of his people he doesn't care about your championship and certainly not your opinion he cares about his people his community and trying to make the world a better place as well too russell westbrook chimed in um and he was like i watch these college game and i watch these kids and these announcers man they get on the tv and just say anything about a kid they don't even know him they don't know his family they don't know where he's from they don't know what he's been through they don't know his struggles they don't know his pain they don't know anything about the kid but one thing said on tv can determine how you perceive this kid on tv which will allow him to not be able to reach his goals which will allow him to not be able to get drafted which will allow him to not take care of his family which will not which will now not curate generational wealth which now makes our people in the minorities the underdeserved communities which makes the gap bigger it's way bigger than basketball. That's my entire life focus. My wife, that's what she's mentioning. I sit back. I don't say much. I don't like to go back and forth about people. But one thing I won't allow to happen anymore is let people create narratives and constantly just taking shit for no reason about me because I lay it on the line every night. And I use my platform to be able to help people across the world. Nobody can take that away from me. I've been blessed to be able uh, to have a platform to do it. Like I said before, a championship doesn't change my life. I'm happy. I was a champion once I made it to the NBA. Like I grew up in the streets. I'm a champion. I don't have to be an NBA champion. I know many people that got NBA championships as miserable, have done nothing for the community, have done nothing for the people in their world. For me, man, my legacy, like I mentioned before, it's not based on what I do on this court. I'm not going to play basketball my whole life. My legacy is what I do off the floor, how many people I'm able to impact and inspire along my journey, man. That's how I keep my head down and keep it pushing because it's very important that you don't let the negativity seep in because it's been like that my whole career, honestly. There's no other player that kind of takes the heat that I take constantly, but I take it as a positive because obviously I'm doing something right if people are talking about me and that's how I feel. And I put my best foot forward, stay prayerful, keep my family close and keep it like that. So a lot to, you know, digest as well, too. But what are your thoughts on, um, you know, the the back and forth between Stephen A. Smith, uh, Nina Westbrook and obviously Russell Westbrook's comments um, in regards to the bashing? Um, I like what Russell said, if I address that first. Um, you know, that's something that always needs to be said. And, you know, it can get lost in his narratives and kind of how he is. He's uh, he's portrayed and he comes off as not, you know, not really taking no mess. And our ultimate competitor, which we really get the stories on how these guys are and how they're competing. We like ask them to be warriors. And then when they act like warriors, uh, we're like, oh, my God, she's doing this. She's acting like this. And he's, you know, he's fighting against something. It's like, yo. That's what we love these guys to do, you know? So, like, it's just only the regular person could, you know, beg for violence. And then when that person or such and such is violent, 
be surprised that they're violent. You know what I'm saying? And this is not calling Russell Westbrook violent. This is just an analogy. But you know, only you know, only us could ask for something, get that something, and then have a problem with it. Because now, once they're in that realm, then we're going to start comparing them to us. I've never stepped foot on an NBA basketball court between the whistles and between the lines and so on, and stuff like that. Um, so that's one thing. And, and, and him, you know, reiterating what he's actually about, that's important. You know, that's important for, I think, more than anything, him, his family, and for the communities that, you know, he's affecting because it's like, yo, like, and, and they know, it, but when, when, you know, somebody outside, maybe corporately, you know, like, yo, we got to give him a record, whatever, a brand or something like that. They might shy away from it because they see how he, you know, acts on the court or such and such like that, which he doesn't act out on the court. He's just a fierce competitor where he's supposed to be a fierce competitor at in the NBA in a professional sports league. Um, I think, uh, you know, that statement was fueled by your wife. You have to like, you know, when, when the whiz says something or, you know, when the queen moves, the king has to be right behind it or else you look like a sucker, you know what I'm saying? So you can't really just let your, your girl come out there and say nothing without the back in the view because then it's just, oh, she's just speaking out, whatever like that. And, you know, how, how a black woman can get disrespected and being out in that space alone, even with her voice, um, is super important that, you know, the men uh, and you would hope and you would think like Russell Westbrook did, um, her, the men that's most close to her, her husband will come and, and they'll take her side and say something to reiterate what she said, not letting her voice be lost or, or be transformed into something or making one of those things where it's like, oh, she has to fight for you or like that, like not um, making her any lesser, uh, but only amplifying her voice and uh, and what she says in result to that. Um, getting back to home base with Stephen A. Smith, um, that's one of those things where for me, and everybody's not me, but for me, you have to understand somebody as how they are. You have to understand the chess piece, how it moves. If it's a pawn, it can move one space, two spaces on the, at the beginning of the game, and it can attack and take pieces diagonally. You know what I'm saying? If it's a knight, it can move an L. If it's a queen, it can move wherever it wants to. King, you know, so on and so forth. You know what I'm saying? Uh, and, and Stephen A. Smith, when he is on TV, occupies a certain space. You know, he is uh, somebody that's going to get something that's provoke, provoking, uh, provocative. Um, he's going to get stuff riled up. He's going to create a storyline because you can say he can get paid for the TV show he, he's on uh, at daytime on ESPN. He can say something and get paid for that headline because somebody's going to write about it. He's going to, you know, feel this more. He's going to get more from that. The network's going to get more from that. The more clicks, we're talking about it. That's going to get a click. It's going to lead people back to what Stephen A. Smith said. He does this stuff for a living. And I don't think he's doing it to Russell Westbrook's uh, detriment, even though he might be talking out the side of his neck because they pay him to talk out the side of his neck. You know, <laughs> like they pay him to be good at analysts. So so they probably pay him 75% to talk out the side of his neck. And they probably pay him 25% to, you know, have, culture his relationships and boom, boom, boom. And, you know, he, he has to uphold how he wants to be in that space, like how he wants to be in relation to NBA players, how he wants to talk to them and how he wants to, you know, be able to get the exclusive interviews with people and so on and so forth and not burn bridges just by his show. And I've heard him say a thousand times, like, hey, I text this person. I try to get to the bottom of it, whatever like that, you know, two sides to three sides to each story. You know what I'm saying? Um, but at the end of the day, I believe he's still just, doing his job and 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 this is not to discredit anything that Russell Westbrook said or his wife said because I, again I, I think it's spicy talking I think it's talking out of his neck but that's what the dude gets paid to do that's why you know if I, if I come up to you and I know that you're paid to gossip you work for TMZ I might be selective about how I tell you some stuff and when I hear you say some stuff about me uh so on and so forth down the line that's pertaining to the game that I play. You're not really coming at me too crazy, but as pertaining to the game that I just played and you're working for TMZ, whatever that realm is, I'm not going to be mad at you, you know, or I'm not going to really pop off. I think Russell Westbrook's response came more in response to his wife being peeved and going on that narrative. Now, you know, I'll wrap this up too, but there's that flip side where his wife probably saw what Stephen A. Smith was saying. It was like, yo, Yes, you have a job to do. Cool. I don't mind that. But the more you keep bringing this reference home that my husband's not a winner, not a champion, whatever like that, you're taking money out of his pocket and you're putting it totally somewhere else, which is how we saw Russell Westbrook respond to it. 
in uh, his in his side of things. So she's like, yo, you're taking money out of our pockets, out of whatever like that. And you're painting a crazy picture of him when all my cousin is doing is loving his community and winning uh, on and off the court whenever he can. So look, you can say whatever you want about him, but just make sure you tailor the narrative as such. And I think that's what the biggest problem is here. But as far as people in the wrong or people doing something that I think was out of character or was unnecessary here, I don't think any of it really was. I think Stephen A. Smith does that all the time. He gets paid to do it. I think Russell Westbrook and his wife um, need to say that to keep status quo, to keep it a standard. It's like, yo, you're going to come over here. You make sure you're going to come correct. Um, and that's what anything, because had it not been Stephen A. Smith, it could have been even more fiery. But it's Stephen A. Smith. You know, he, he tries to kind of walk that line. And, and that's a tough line to walk. When you're, when you're trying to be provocative, you're trying to get the entertainment dollars, but you're also trying to create relationships, curate, and be a journalist at the same time. So that's my spill on that. Yeah, for sure. And I think, like you said, um, to piggyback off of you, it's 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 like CNN, right? You, you're getting paid for controversy, so it kind of makes sense. So I think where there was a disconnect was the fact that he did make history, um, Stephen A. Smith, the day after kind of seemed a little bit dismissive as well too but like I said I kind of always look at it from both perspectives so I can feel for why Russell Westbrook and why his his wife would feel that type of way as well too and a lot of it has to do with Stephen A. Smith holds a lot of weight so whatever he says everyone listens and also we're in the social media era as well too so I know there was a lot of at mentions or uh, there was trends as well, too. So you kind of can't ignore that um, unless you're away from social media. So I know that kind of added to it as well, too. And it, and it caused, you know, both of them to kind of respond in a sense as well, too. But when you really look at it, like you said, Stephen A. Smith gets paid for a job. And if we keep it in the stack, the whole point of playing basketball is to compete to win for a championship. So he was saying, like, yo, like, we're kind of in this realm where you've put up these stats. They're great. You're solidified as a first ballot Hall of Famer, but we play to win the game. So what I want from you is I want a championship for you as well, too, because I'm not going to let you get this slide, you know, get get this pass. Your greatness basically is supposed to be equated to a championship. So I think you could have, you know, said that a little bit differently, but I kind of see where he was coming from as well, too. Um, so both of them weren't in the wrong. Uh, both of their points are valid, like you said, as well, too. But it's just one of those things where it's like basketball isn't everything. You know what I'm saying? It's probably one of those things where it's dry um, with as far as incoming news. People won't always want the, the drama, that the hottest topics and whatnot as well, too. So they kind of just wanted to, you know, heighten that in a sense as well too but basketball ain't everything at the end of the day and, and Russell West was right like and not even just with basketball a lot of people can have all the money in the world all the, all the you know quote-unquote fame and x y and z and what comes with it but they're never truly happy inside so happiness comes with, with within as long as Russell Westbrook's cool at looking at himself in the mirror and like you say he's been making you know impacts off the court which what really matters and and you know you know, having generational wealth, um, sharing generational, uh, you know, you know, wisdom to people, putting other people in yeah. position to be successful. That's all that really matters in the sense as well, too. So, um, you know, like I said, I, I see it from both sides. But like I said, at the end of the day, basketball ain't, ain't everything. So, um, right. you know, I, and then and, and yeah, and, that, and that's essentially about it for real, for real. Um, Space Jam, Space Jam, I'm sorry trailer came out um and it's going to be premiered i think in theaters and hbo max in july 17th i want to say as well too but obviously this is the kind of reimagining of a space jam or like a a revamped space jam which is completely separate but kind of the same in a sense as compared to the og with michael jordan um I'm, i'm assuming you looked at the trailer um what are your thoughts on the trailer and do you think it's going to be better than, than, than the original Space Jam, or should we kind of just be in this realm where we kind of just block out Space Jam 1 and kind of, you know, appreciate it at its face value? Um, and you can hear me all right? I'm, I'm good? Coming through? Yeah, I can hear you. All right, bet. Beautiful. Um, so I think this one is, is uh, we should just place them to their respective corners. You know what I'm saying? I really appreciate Space Jam 1. Uh, and I think they'll have a lot of its elements, but I think it's a little bit different of a playing field. 
Uh, I think Space Jam 1 was so different for what it was, and we're getting like a piggyback off of that for this one. So it's like, all right, you know, let's further the brand. Let's uh, reintroduce it, so on and so forth. You know, everything is nostalgic, but Space Jam 1 was like a moment in itself. It's like, yo, this basketball player, you know, Michael Jordan couldn't act, but, you know, it was like, yo, we see our cartoons and we see everybody's favorite basketball player ever. You know, the guy that's carrying everything on like this big screen with the Looney Tunes making it so memorable. This is another play on it. And I think, you know, as long as they do it well, they stay true to, you know, some of the elements, some of just like the wow factors when it comes to, you know, bringing in younger fans and, you know, curating that for years and years to come. Because we're, what, 30 years out, 20 years out from when that first, it was 1996, I believe. I was talking about it the other day. It was 1996. And um, so we're 25 years, you know, I'm 25. I was born in late 95. So uh, we're, we're like out of there. Um, so 25 years ago, um, we're re bringing that back up. So it's a generational thing now. So another 25 years, they're hoping that this film is going to recurate, carry it on. Um, you know, everybody knows who LeBron James is, whether he you knows basketball or not. Um, so I think we have to just respect it for what it is and, um, you know, enjoy it and not try to critique, critique it too much. Just enjoy it. It's the moment. It's Looney Tunes, which is not as prevalent, but it's basketball, it's animation, kind of a, a cross between that. So I think it's going to be a fun one. Yeah, I think it's going to be a fun one too. I'll definitely be watching that right when it hits HBO Max. I'm still not mm-hmm. sold on going to the movie theaters, even though that was one of my favorite things to do before COVID mm-hmm. BC times. Uh, <laughs> but I'm looking forward to it as well too. So hopefully LeBron, um, you know, and his team, you know, you know, do a good job because I'm rooting for him. Um, yeah, who doesn't want to see, you know, a revamped uh, Space Jam? So I think the main characters, because uh, I think in the past it was what? Patrick Ewing, Charles Barkley, um, and Sean Bradley. I want to say now it's Damian Lillard, Clay Thompson, and Anthony Davis. So uh, I wonder if it's going to actually be uh, just animated or if we're going to see like their true selves as well, too. But trailer number one never really reveals anything. Who's the lady? Uh, Diane Tarasi. Tarasi. I think she's in it too as well. Don't want to. Don't want to leave her out. Yeah, 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 for sure. And then someone else is in it too. I can't really remember. I think Lola Bunny is like Zendaya or whatever. Um, but yeah, should be a good vibe. So I'm looking forward to that. So make sure you guys definitely, you know, watch the trailer if you haven't already, and let me know what you think about that as well too. Um, so moving on from that. LaMarcus Aldridge's debut with the Brooklyn Nets as well, too. Um, played two games so far, averaging 11 points per game, six rebounds, four assists, and is shooting 45% from the field. Hasn't played in about a month or so, but he kind of picked up where he, right where he left off as well, too. And what's interesting as well, too, is that I didn't really know what was going to happen with DeAndre Jordan, um, but now it looks like um, out of sight, out of mind. He's just going to be right. riding the bench. Um, and, and LaMarcus is just that we talked about it last week, but he's going to be one of those guys who, you know, with Brooklyn being so talented and having those three, th- the three headed monsters, you really get to play your complete game in ISO and you're going to really, you know, take advantage of a lot of open shots as well, too. So LaMarcus already proved that, you know, with, with everything going small, he's going to be able to play that small five if he wants to. Um, so he's going to be able to, take you inside out. And then also he's going to be able to knock down those corner threes as well. Corner threes or top of the key threes with the pick and pop as well too. So um, it's looking like he's adjusting pretty well. Um, and I'm excited to see what everything looks like together. Uh, you know, when they actually have the whole, the whole team fully healthy as well too. But um, I don't know if you've looked at, you know, any of his highlights or anything like that, but uh, uh, you know, any thoughts on LaMarcus, uh, you know, making his debut with his first two appearances as a net, uh, LaMarcus looks good. Uh, <laughs> I w- we're waiting for them to mess up so we can, like, say, hey, everything's burning down. This was terrible. Why doesn't this work? I, I, I go crazy. I, you know, so I just I think, you know, LaMarcus looks good. Um, and he's he brought he we brought him in or they brought him in. And he's doing exactly what they thought he was going to do. You know, he's an all star or has been in the past. Um, somebody can get his buckets. Somebody that can uh, stretch the floor. Uh, but at the same time, try to, uh, you know, anchor it with some defensive uh, prowls and, 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 and skill set. So um, 
nothing that we didn't think was going to happen here. Uh, and we're not going to go crazy and there's not going to be a headline until they start struggling. And then we're going to like lose our minds. And that's going to be what we talk about for however long. So yeah, that's what it is. For sure. For sure. And, you know, just creating a subtopic of that, which I kind of forgot about as well, too. It seems like a lot of, uh, you know, people behind the scenes. Um, so maybe like general managers behind closed doors were kind of, I guess when he debuted and they looked so well the other night and blew out, I forgot who they played. Um, I want to say it was Charlotte Hornets. Yeah, they played the Charlotte Hornets and then yesterday they lost to the Bulls, which was crazy. Um, but shout out to the Bulls getting that dub. Uh, Vucevic, you know, getting his first dub as a Bull. Um, league, the league kind of came out and said like, yo, like this kind of isn't fair how people in the buyout market are just flocking to the Brooklyn Nets or flocking to the Lakers. Like, this is kind of cheating as well, too. So they were kind of thinking of, you know, ideas on, like, yo, should we try to change the whole buyout um, in its in its entirety? Like, what's up with that? My whole thing is, like, the fact that you got bought out, that means your team doesn't want you. And for the most yeah. part, when people get bought out, they're kind of past their prime, you know what I'm saying, as well, too. So I feel like for us being so empowered as the players, I feel like it really shouldn't matter on where you decide you want to go as well, too, because by the, by the written rules and regulations, you're able to go to anywhere you want as well, too. And for the most part, people who get the contract bought out, they go to teams that are contending as well, too. Um, It just so happens that the Nets happen to be hot. The Lakers happen to be hot as well, too, but that's kind of, shame on the organization who bought you out you know they couldn't put the sufficient pieces around you to be successful because i feel like no one really you know wants to leave but if you're not producing for them um it's a two-way street then you know you shouldn't feel mad about that as well too um and it is what it is you know like i said i thought lamarcus was going to go to miami um boston could use a big as well too but he's 35 you know saying he's at a point in his career where it's like yo i'm tired of carrying that load and he even said, well, ball, like with Miami, I was about to go there, but they're on like a five, six game losing streak. So I was like, no, nah, I don't really want to, I don't really want to go there. But I think at the end of the day, it's just, it just comes down to the organization, uh, the pieces that they surround, um, surround around their, their, their star players and player development as well, too. So I don't think you should necessarily change the rules of buyouts. I think it's fine. But any thoughts on that? Um, I think it's similar to, you know, any other job. It's like a bombing year. 25 and I don't feel like doing the same kind of task to do the singular choose doing, you know what I'm saying? It's kind of the same mindset. You, th- you know, you think it'd be a little bit more competitive because we come from a different background uh, as far as evolution goes in the NBA. Guys were like staying away from each other. You know, they hated each other back in the day when we talk about, you know, Jordan going back into that Space Jam conversation. Um, if, you, if you're going to get deep about it, but guys were staying away from each other other on um, total opposite ends people were fine with playing in seattle and freaking phoenix and wherever you know the midwest wherever you felt like playing um but you were there and you were, were, were a rival but now it's uh and, and you were there even in your old age you know it's like let's get it done or you know you had those things where uh, we talked about it last time where you know you saw the lakers maybe get it like a gary payton and a uh, Malone uh, at the at the uh, dawn or not dawn, but at the twilight of their careers. Um, but now it's, it's it's a totally different mindset. It's like, yo, why am I going to bust my tail uh, when I'm riding to the sunset? I'm not I'm not the guy that came in two years ago. I I don't I'm not fulfilling those. I'm not going to get people's coffee. I'm not you know busting my tail, bending over backwards. I'm gonna get here. I'm gonna have my little executive position in this company, on this team, this veteran role, and I'm going to get mine, and all these other little guys, they can figure that out, but I'm going to come and I'm going to get my championship, you know, so I, I, I get the mindset, we haven't seen it before, but I get it. Yeah, I get it too, and then to piggyback of what you said, when the Lakers got, I don't know if it was through trade or through buyout, but when the Lakers got Carmelo uh, um, and, and, and Gary Payton, they still took an L, so yeah. anything's possible, man, anything's anything possible. possible too. Yes, sir. Moving on from, oh, yeah, moving on from that, um, Drew Holiday just signed a pretty damn good contract. Um, so basically, they gave him a four-year extension worth up to 160 mil. So it was actually a four-year, $135 million contract, but bonuses could go up to 160 mil. Um, so 
that kind of to me ensures that Drew A is respected as one of the top guards in the NBA and obviously in the Eastern Conference and B, the, you know, the longevity of Giannis Antetokounmpo staying with the Milwaukee Bucks as well, too. But uh, what are your thoughts on Drew Holiday getting paid finally? Drew Holiday getting paid. Uh, you know, we, we've seen he's the same cat that uh, was going through it, like his family and, and, and things before, I believe. So, yeah, I think um, and that's outside of the court, but even on the court, uh, you hear like J.J. Reddick, uh, people talk about him. You hear a lot of people talk about uh, everybody says most underrated, most underrated, most underrated. But at the same time, an amazing person, too. So um, I think it's it's a two way street and he checks off on all the boxes, man. Uh, He's been in some different situations that might not have been, you know, contenders, but a nice uh, contract. Uh, they see that they can probably keep him, and and he's gonna continue to affect positively the team and play very, very well. Um, I think, you know, standing ovation, hand clap for Drew Holiday, man. That's dope. Yeah, and the thing is too. Um, like I said, it's one of those things where you kind of have to see what exactly happens um, in the playoffs, depending on seedings as well, too. But they have everything they need to at least compete for a title. And the thing is, with so much empowerment by the players, um, it's so happened with James Harden, it's so happened with AD. Like, if players are truly not happy, even though you got that four-year extension, yeah, he can get out of that. Him, him and Young yeah. can get out of that if they want to as well, too. So they'll 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 rock with it for a little bit. But at the end of the day, if it ain't working, they can get out of there if they want to. So it is what it is. Um, Going to Hayward hurt his foot yet again. He's out for about four weeks as well, too. So now that's two major injuries to the Nets. Actually, three. I'm saying Nets. Three major injuries to the Hornets. Um, Malik Monk, Gordon Hayward, LaMelo Ball right now as well, too. And I think right now the um, Charlotte Hornets are in the fifth seed as well, too. Wow. Obviously – Gordon Hayward is probably like their 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 highest uh, level of score right now. I think averaging a little under twenty points per game, um, and it's just been that veteran presence that's kind of you know helped that culture move forward. Uh, so they're actually respected now, and they're going to be reckoned with for years to come as well too. But do you think with Gordon out, Lamelo out, their sharpshooter Malik Monk out, do you see them slipping from the fifth seed and potentially having to play in the playing game, playing tournament yes. rather? Yes. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I mean, there's no chance they stay at that fifth seed. <laughs> there's no chance. And if there's a chance, you know, come back and grow me for it. But there's no chance they stay at that fifth seed. I think they slip into that plan. Yeah. Yeah. Especially playing every other day as well, too. So that's going to be a little tough right now. Like I said, right now, they actually, they're the sixth year now. Atlanta won yesterday. So Atlanta's fourth seed, Miami's fifth seed, Charlotte's the sixth seed. Um, so basically between that and AC, they're only about a half game behind. So yeah, it's going to be a little tough, but I think, yeah, I think they're going to end up having to go through the plane as well too. But man, if, if they can stay afloat and LaMelo, Monk and Hayward come back, that would be exciting. I, I, it would just be exciting to see LaMelo in the playoffs as well too. So hopefully, yeah. um, you know, the, the basketball guys can work in their favor as well too. Another person that returned is Joel Embiid. Obviously, he missed 10 games. He was a leading MVP candidate. Um, and he played 20 minutes against 28 minutes against Minnesota, got posterized by Carl Anthony Towns, but uh he ended up with 24 points, three blocks, two assists, um, and a good amount of rebounds as well, too. And they went up, they ended up winning. And obviously it's a back-to-back. They want to be kind of cautious with his knee. So they lost to Memphis by 16 without him as well, too. So that kind of also states why he's still in the in the comp in the, in the uh, topic of conversation as an MVP as well too. But more importantly, um, after his interview, he seemed excited to get back for him. He said, even though he missed ten games, he he said he was like, "Yo, I'm not gonna lie to you guys. Like when I got hurt and went down, um, even though I got diagnosed with like a bone bruise in my knee, he thought it was over. And he kind of looked mm-hmm. in the mirror. He's like, "Yo, why is it always me? Like why?" Every time I'm reaching a new height, I uh, kind of get sidetracked or whatnot as well, too. So um, he's aware that he got blessed and he's just ready to make this push. And one thing he said as well, too, they're being cautious. So he's going to be on a minute restriction. And then also, um, I think he's wearing like a new knee brace. So he felt like from an offensive standpoint, um, his shot was a little bit off and it was just, you know, 
it's going to take a lot to get used to utilizing that as well, too. But he said defensively, um, that was probably the easiest transition as well, too. But through time, um, his rhythm will get back as well, too. So, um, you know, Sixers, I was impressed with, you know, him missing those 10 games. I think they were seven and three. So that just lets you know that they definitely are a championship level team because they play some pretty good competition as well, too. So to be above 500 by a couple games and have your MVP come back as well, too, I think that's good. And this is just a weird year as well, too, right, with these leading MVP candidates and LeBron James and James Harden um, and Joel Embiid. A lot of these players have kind of been in and out the lineup, so I think this is going to be one of the years where it's going to be a pretty even distribution on who the MVP is going to be. But, uh, you know, what are your thoughts on Joel Embiid, you know, making a full recovery and, you know, is is able to, you know, actually play on the floor? Uh, I mean, Joel is a, a freaking machine, man, like, honestly, so – uh, and, you know, I know there's a lot of stuff to his mental when, you know, you do have to look at yourself and be like, yo, am I done? And, you know, that's with anything. But, you know, when definitely you're using your body, your body's your uh, your resource and that's how you make money. And you've had a reoccurring thing with your body. Um, and that's one of those things where you just don't know. Sometimes knees are amazing. Sometimes knees are not so amazing. Um, so uh, kudos, blessings to him. Um, he still is a well-oiled machine. Um, hopefully he's be able to remain healthy. And, you know, I think uh, the NBA is a better league with Joel Embiid and they're doing his thing, but he, he hasn't been healthy as of lately. So um, hoping that that continues. Yeah. And for his sake, is, is I'm glad that he's back now because the Brooklyn Lance are only going to get healthier moving forward as well, too. Like they said, KD might be coming back as early as this week. Thursday. Obviously, James Harden just tweaked his hamstring, which is kind of crazy because that's what KD tweaked as well, too. So I expect Harden to be back soon, but KD's coming back real soon. Both of them are 34 and 16 right now, and I think they're tied 1-1 in games. And the fact that, you know, we have the vaccine distribution coming out and and fans are slowly coming into the crowd. I mean, fans are slowly coming back into the stands as well, too. They say this year's like fans won't matter, but if people are starting to roll out with the vaccines, I think there's going to be a good amount of fans as well, too. And both of these teams have very, very good home records as well, too. I was looking at it right now. Philly's 20 and 5 at home and Brooklyn's 20 and 6 at home. Away, Phillies at 14-11, Brooklyn's 14-10. So they're damn near marry each other as well, too. So I think that you should try to get that number one seed as well, too, because even though Brooklyn has all this talent on paper, one thing holds constant. Well, obviously, they only play seven games um, with their big three, but one thing holds constant is they're still defensively challenged. There's no quote-unquote defender that you look at and like, oh, my God, he's going to be a stopper for the night. It's more so of communication and just that team that team philosophy as well, too, and just being efficient and selling offense. But yeah. I think they still are going to be challenged defensively. But if you can get a game seven in Philly, it might be, be right. spooky as well, too. So <laughs> I, I think they should definitely try. Their number one priority, obviously, is going to keep Joel healthy, but also definitely try to make that run. Uh, for that number one seed, because I think it could get a little spooky if you get a game seven in Philly for sure. Thanks. Moving forward for that, Oladipo came back, played two games. They won against the Warriors, won against the Cavs. Um, he's not shooting the the best, um, you know, in those two games, minute restriction, I believe. Averaging seven points, five assists, two steals, and .5 blocks. Obviously, with rhythm and just becoming comfortable in that system, he's going to get better moving forward, but like I said, like I said last week, the Heat got a steal. Um, it looks like, you know, Depot is really trying to force his way out and, and try to play with the Heat all along as well, too. So um, I think their team is more so built for a team like the Nets, uh, where you're able to switch um, on all levels as well, too. And I think they're starting to line up and what they're closing with has been uh, in the backcourt, Jimmy Butler um, and, and Oladipo with Duncan out there spreading the floor with Ariza as a stretch ball with Bam. So um, I think that's going to serve them well. So with me, I'm impressed by the games, but I'm not too impressed by Miami yet because I want to see them play one through six seeds from the East and West too to kind of really see where they're tested at. Uh, so I don't really care about those duds, but it's, it's, it's good progress for, like I said, Oladipo getting, you know, initiated or um, whatever in, into the system as well too. But I will like to see what they look like against competitive teams. So I think their next true test isn't until next week, Sunday, which will be against Portland. But I'm looking forward to see 
what they have in store because those are one of, that's one of the teams who are sleeping on the radar and you know they got better so we'll see what happens yeah. from there as well too um Ray John Rondo also debuted as well playoff Rondo um obviously he came off a grown injury and obviously he was a newly acquired piece to the Clippers puzzle quote um so to say as well too so he played 13 minutes off the bench yesterday against the um on Sunday rather against the against the Los Angeles Lakers obviously no Andre Drummond um no LeBron uh, Anthony Davis no LeBron James but the Clippers won 104 to 86. He played 13 minutes off the bench, had two points, three assists, two steals. Um, you can tell he was just trying to get his legs underneath him again and get back in rhythm as well, too. But, you know, there's already been praises from him by, you know, a player like a Paul George as well, too. Um, and I think he said, with Rondo being in the spill of things, I think we can reserve more energy. I related to the relationship with Russell Westbrook in the sense of Russ created a lot of closeout situations for me. And so it'll be the same with Rondo. Rondo can get in the middle of the paint. He can make plays a lot of times. He's going to create closeout situations for us as well, too. So one thing that the Clippers have been struggling with as well, too, is their ability to close games um, and stay afloat when it matters the most. So Rondo's definitely going to help with that, you know, just as his leadership, his, his, his basketball IQ and, and his chemistry to orchestrate that offense, I think will work wonders for them, but it's going to be one of those things where they're going to slowly ramp them up. And, you know, the only reason that they brought him here for was for the playoffs, but um, any thoughts on Rondo's debut? I think uh, Rondo, um, you know, again, like you said, KD, or K, like KZ, KD said, instant leader. Um, his main impact is going to be in the playoffs. Um, and it's just going to be one of those things where, you know, when they need somebody to come in and be that imbalance or come in and be that, that catalyst, I think right. Ray John Ryan is going to be there. I don't think he's going to put a thousand and one things into this regular season. I think he's there to try to win a championship with them. And that's why they brought him in because he is performance last year in the playoffs. So, um, I think it's a good pickup. I think it's just one day at a time. Uh, with it, and I think he's really gonna show his uh his value and his worth once the the stretch comes. Yeah, for sure, for sure. And obviously, when we talked last time, um, Aaron Gordon, I think only played I think one game with the um with the Denver Nuggets. But man, I like this. I I like the move. I really, really like the moves that the Nuggets have made with adding Javale McGee and adding Aaron Gordon as well too, because now. Okay. Aaron Gordon is obviously he's gonna you know put up his averages as well too, but you allow a player like Michael Porter Jr. to just fully solely focus more so on the on the offensive side of things when yeah. you can have um, Aaron Gordon be the one who's kind of like that Jeremy Grant from last year, like we mentioned, like like we mentioned last episode where he's that switch army knife where he's taking on the hard assignments on the defensive end as well too, and just playing that bully ball as well too. So Nuggets right now on four game win streak. Um, Gordon, since he's been there, averaging 14 points, five rebounds, three assists. And Michael Porter Jr., man, the past month has been averaging 21 points, nine rebounds. Crazy. Doing over 50% from three and over 60% from the field as well, too. So a lot of people are talking about the Clippers and Lakers. Um, Rightfully so, when you have LeBron James at 80 and you have Kawhi and PG on one side, it kind of makes sense as well, too. But I'm still not sold on the Clippers yet, Trey. I'm not sold on them. You know what I'm saying? On the Nuggets? I can see this year, if the Lakers are fully healthy, no question they're going to the conference finals, probably the finals as well, too. But Clippers, with PG already like complaining about his foot being hurt and all that stuff as well, too, I think he has bone edema, which I've never heard about. He has bone edema injury. And basically said it's a day-to-day process where you, we have to essentially monitor and see um, how I'm going to react with this. Well, too, with him already having, you know, something like that moving forward and you're playing every, every other day and you're playing extended minutes in the playoffs. I just don't know if yeah, the Clippers are going to get past where they want to get past as well, too. So if I had to replace them. Not to take any knock on the nut uh, on the uh, Phoenix Suns. I just think there's a little too young. Jazz, they only have one closing when it's all said and done. So I'm looking down the entire roster. And the Nuggets, I mean, they went to the conference finals last year, and I think they're a better team than they were last year. Um, and Jokic is just on another level as well, too. So if it was a team to kind of, you know, get back to where they were or kind of shock everyone, based on the, on the depth that they have and their coaching and their MVP candidate, I like the Nuggets this year, man. What are your, what are your thoughts on the Nuggets? You think you think they can get to – 
you know, at least the conference finals or better yet the finals this year, depending on how things pan out? I think uh, if we talk about the Clips like we always talk about them, I think they're almost owed that because the Clips haven't showed us anything or promising. Uh, the Jazz, um, you know, they went, they were in that battle with the Nuggets, so they can put it out again. But I think the Nuggets, like you said, are that much better than that Nuggets team last year. And that was a good Nuggets team last year. So you asked the Jazz out. So you got the Lakers and you got the Clippers. I mean, I mean, Lakers and you got the Nuggets. Um, that would occupy that, that kind of Western Conference finals kind of thing. Um, Suns, I just, you know, like I said, they're young, not in the firepower. I don't think that's coming from somebody that does respect uh, a Dev Booker, does respect the CP3. Um, but after that, you know, who do you go to? Uh, so, yeah, the Nuggets look like they could make that run and, and be right there toe-to-toe with the Lakers. But, again, uh, with them, you, you know, you do add some defenders. You know, you add some defenders. You add some other things that could give the Lakers some trouble. But it was all about size last year when uh, LeBron and AD, uh, you know, were, were killing people in the playoffs. So, we'll see how that goes. Yeah, we'll see how that goes as well, too. Um, and then, obviously, Draymond Green came out with comments last week to summarize it. He basically saying he has no motivation uh, for playing games as well, too, because I think obviously like only seat one through six are guaranteed, um, but seven through ten are going to have to play each other to get that final two spots because of the pandemic and because of the sort the 72 games as well, too. So um, he made some news as well, too. But this is just coming from a guy who is with the Warriors. Yeah. Like they, they were the last modern day dynasty. You know, it's nothing yeah. but excellence in their in their eyes as well too so if we're not playing for the championship then what really matters as well too and Warriors yeah. have been losing as of late as well too um they were pretty much the seven to eight seed for the entire year uh obviously Steph's been in Atlanta with us a bruised tailbone or something like that as well too but right now they're four games in the 500 23 and 27 in the 10th seat right now Steph averaging 29.6 rebounds six assists MVP numbers right now um but it just seems like they're just missing a couple pieces to get them back afloat. Maybe it's Clay Thompson. Maybe it's Wiseman having to get a couple games under him. Maybe it's looking at shopping to Kelly Uber and whatnot as well, too. If you're the Golden State Warriors, do you continue to build? And 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 if you can get the ninth or tenth seed, you, you try to play in? Or do you just say, hey, you know, let's use this as a learning experience. Let's try to get this high draft pick. Let's try to reincorporate Clay back in and try to make a run next year. What do you do if you're the Warriors right now? And Steph Curry, um, after the season's over with, uh, he has one more year left on his contract. So he's kind of going to be in that Giannis sense as well, too, where it's like, are you going to be a warrior for life or are you satisfied with what you have? You know what I'm saying? Are you, or do you want to get more rings as well too? Are you going to basically deny this contract extension and essentially, you know, see what's out there, um, you know, and try to, and try to ring chase. What are your thoughts on all that? I think Seth's high telling it out of there. Keep it a start with you. Uh, so. and then, yeah. Yeah. Cause I think either way you go, it just takes more years than you have time to and the powers allow yourself to as they were going for Giannis. Um, but, you know, he's kind of locked down at this point. Um, and I don't think they had a counter move for that. So now it's like, what, what are you going to do? You know, Clay comes back. Clay's not, might not be the same. He had an ACL and an Achilles. You can still shoot his tail off. But, uh, um, Self is very much attached to North Carolina, um, the Hornets team that's making some noise. I say they're going to be a contender uh, with the likes of the, uh, the Nets over there and so on and so forth. But, hey, let me move back over here with my family, North Carolina, um, you know, can, can ride out my another my next four years, kicking it, playing it, got a good guard and LaMelo ball. Um, who knows if they want to trade Hayward or whatever. I, I think they might try to keep Hayward, but I feel like there's a better outlook um, might be a lot better communication with Jordan um, than whatever the Warriors are doing with their staff. Um, going into, you know, the years 2022 until 2023, you, you never know. Uh, so I, I just think, I think so going to hightail it, man. I just, because the Warriors have too many moves to make and maybe not enough conference bending talent unless you're like going to pick up like a Kawhi because Kawhi gets fed up and such and such, so on, service, whatever, and so on, you know, uh, 
they have to put like a package in front of them and it's going to be up to this year in free agency and possibly coming up and around that next year. Um, and I'll probably, probably be like, hey, if you guys can't get the stuff done, you know, go ahead and like get me out of here, you know, give me the trade. Whereas I go over there, you can wait through our contracts up and I'll go sign with somebody else, which, uh, you know, which could happen. I'll give him that respect because he is that important to that franchise, but I don't see him staying there for a career. Mm, interesting. Interesting. Yeah. The more and more I think about it, um, I'm kind of leaning towards you as well, too. My whole thing is like, I think what he should do is not sign a long-term deal, kind of see what's out there. But more importantly, let's see what Clay looks like when he comes back. If Clay is washed up, I'm dipping. If Clay is yeah. healthy and I'm banking on Wiseman being the number two pick getting better, um, and, you know, Wiggins uh, and, and what's his name, Ubre learning the system, or maybe, like I said, they shot something for Ubre, then I'll be like, all right, I think we can compete. But yeah. if we if 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 their draft pick doesn't doesn't show any progression and, and Clay's a shell of himself, then if I'm Steph, like, I already did what I need to do for you guys. I want you guys three championships. I'm a two time MVP. I made you guys a billion dollar company. So yeah. f out of, f with that. Um, <laughs> now your spill on going to back going back to his roots. That's pretty interesting. I ain't think about that one. That would be yeah. kind of dope to kind of put Charlotte on the map um, with the young upcoming talent and you kind of bring a piece with you over there because they got the cap space for it. So that's actually kind of fire. I would like to see Steph in the Charlotte uniform. Um, if yeah. he can bring someone with him, yeah. Uh, but they look promising right now, above 500 team. No one thought they were going to be this good, so I can see that. Um, or if they just want to say effort, if the Nets are just too OD, probably just going to join Brian and AD. Uh, that would be kind of lit too. But no matter what, I think it's going to be one of those, let's wait and see what happens. Um, and yeah. then from there, I think he's going to make his decision. Fun. Yeah. But I do, I do like that Charlotte take. That's, that's kind of jiggy. I ain't think about that. I ain't think right, about right, that. Right. So we'll see what happens a year or two from now. Uh, but any last like words you want to say? You said what? I said, they grew up in, like, Virginia. I think his, his father's from, like, like Danville or something like that. Like, they're from around here, like, honestly. Yeah, I think his dad like, went to Tech. His dad tried to get yeah. recruited from Tech. They went rocking one, so he went to Davidson. But, yeah, they yeah. got roots in Charlotte. So, it, it would make sense. Uh, everything would come full circle if he went over there. But that would be dope, you know, being in the East as well, too. Um, but, yeah, that was episode 106. Any last words? Uh, do I have any last words today? It's a Monday. Monday's kicking my tail. Um, uh, not many words. Not really, man. Uh, love, peace, Afro Bruce, man. Uh, it's about to get warm, so protect yourself, stay protected, protect others. Um, and love, love first. That's all I got. Yeah, live, laugh, learn, love. Make sure you're good on all levels: financial, um, spiritual, mental, physical, all that. You know, what I'm saying, take time out of your day for yourself. Whether it's meditation, whether it's just being. Um, in tune with yourself, in tune with nature. Just do whatever you can, uh, you know, to make your make your day better. Um, and, and it's okay uh, to, you know, ask for help if you need help as well, too. So on that note, ladies and gentlemen, that was episode 106 of the Caesar Show. Make sure to subscribe on all forms of social media at Sir Caesars at TradeXXIV at the Caesar Show. We out. Peace.